Welcome to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thanks to Bunton, Etheridge, and Fowler, attorneys at law, for their support. You know, Auburn, you know, everything starts with Auburn football in this episode. you got to address Brian Harsell being dismissed as the head coach of the Auburn Tigers. And, you know, it was inevitable. Everybody knew it was coming, especially, uh, you know, everything that transpired, the way the first year ended and it shouldn't be a. It's not a big deal. It's the first year. Nick Saban went six and seven, but then everything in the off season, the whole allegations and speculations and all this stuff that began, and and it just kind of a cloud became darker and darker and darker. And the only way to prevail from that is to win games. And you know, Auburn started out three and one. You know, a lot of predictions, analysts, analysts are saying 4-8 and eight to begin the season. There's no way this Auburn team is – there's no way we ever finish 4-8. and eight. I mean, the first five games are at home. I mean, we may go 7-5, maybe 8-4, and 6-6 six and six at the worst, but 4-8. and eight, And now 4-8 and eight is looking like a real possibility. But, you know, anybody that knows me, I'm a, co- I'm a coach guy first. And, and I believe in giving coaches time. Find somebody mid-season in year two just – doesn't even seem real, like that's a possibility. But it goes back to athletic director Alan Green making this decision to go get Brian Harson when none of the boosters wanted them. So, you know, money is is, is everything. Money, uh, people who have money, they have power. And when you give them that power because you want their money, they're going to continue to run your program. And unfortunately for Auburn, that's been the case way too many times. So, uh, like I said, Harson def- definitely d- deserved more. And, you know, he was put in a rough position to begin with. I mean, Gus didn't leave much from the offensive line standpoint, and we see that you're going from a spread to try to hit more of a pro-style offense, and there's adjustments anytime you do that. And you guys who have listened to the show, you've heard my guy Dresden Williams, who played at UNA, played at the University of West Alabama, Alabama and, and spoke on the coaching change and how the players are the, the biggest issue when that happens. Because I'm not here to play for this coach and blah, 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 and I'm going to make it tough and I'm going to say all this kind of stuff when I transfer out. And, you know, I heard somebody say, my guy Thomas, my guy, my cousin Thomas mentioned this, and he's never been a Harson guy. So I was and I was kind of pleased to hear him say that before Harson got fired, he was like, I don't think Harson's a bad coach. I think it's his assistants. And, and, and I think people have kind of begun to see that this year because I've always believed that a head coach is only as good as his assistant coaches anyway you know everybody will look at urban meyer and say urban meyer is an amazing coach he's the best blah 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 very good recruiter we know that but at florida when he was winning and won championship like he had dan mullen offensive coordinator he had charlie strong defensive coordinator charlie strong leaves for louisville dan mullen leaves for mississippi state and all of a sudden that job in Gainesville was tough and urban meyer i'm you know i'm, I'm not healthy enough to coach Okay, whatever. But that's where you have to look at the assistants. Your your head coach is only as good as his assistant coaches. And, you know, and I'm like, well, Nick Saban has assistant living left and right. Nick Saban's a great recruiter. He he is a good coach. I'll give him that. And he's an exception to, to every rule. Like, quit. I hate when people keep trying to say, well, Nick Saban did it. Okay, nobody's Nick Saban but Nick. And, you know, where does Auburn go from here? You know, you look at Harson. And it's like 
he's done in year two, and I know other people can have success quick and all that stuff. It, it's all about the situation that they were thrusted into as well because, you know, Cole Kublik played at Auburn. You know, I saw him posted on Instagram saying it was just kind of like a, a, a low-win situation. Like, it was just – he was just placed – he said he's not a bad coach, but the position he was placed in was kind of a no-win opportunity. And, you know, I look at – uh, Willie Taggart is at Florida State. I love Willie Taggart, and people have heard me talk about him. And but coming in after Jimbo, when Jimbo basically quit on Florida State, and that whole friction that they had between them, Willie Taggart is done in year two, and it's just like you got to give guys time, especially when I mean, if you're a businessman and you're a manager and you're going to you know open a new store, or forget opening a new store, but you're going to help change the approach and the the outcome the bottom line uh at this organization that may be struggling to succeed and hasn't struggled for a while or they were left in such uh, of a shamble that it's going to take time and that's the issue with today sports and especially college football nobody has time anymore if you're not winning out the gate and social media and these guys that speculate so much without having any sources uh true sources justin hogan and those kind of dudes uh you know, it's, 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 it's rough. It's frustrating. But, you know, where does Auburn go from here? You know, is Dion? Is it, is it Lane Kiffin? Is it Hugh Freeze? You know, apparently Matt Rule threw his name in the hat. If you ask me, I, I want Dion. I want Dion just for the fact that he can sell the program. He, he's going to market and, and, and he's going, I mean, he's going to get players day one. And that's probably 70, 75% of the battle is getting players. If you have better players, which he does in, in the SWAC, that's why Jackson State's so good. We don't know how good Dion is as a coach, though. We don't know him X's and O's. We just know they have the best players in the conference. So Dion's going to get great players. I just don't know if he can coach. And that's the concern. If he is hired, which to me, some people are like, man, he's an automatic deal. It's going to happen. But it doesn't seem like an Auburn-type move because Auburn's boosters, they like to control the narrative. They like to control the head coach. Are you going to do what we say and I tell you, you're not going to tell Dion what to do. Dion's going to do what he wants. He's always been that way. So I'm, I'm keeping my expectations low because I would love to see Dion as a guy. just doesn't seem like an Auburn move. I don't know who that guy is, but whenever they hire him, if it's not Dion, you'd be like, yep, that's Auburn. You know, so just hate how Harson was, was thrown into the fire, never had a true shot. Also said the NIL, how that's ruined college football. And how Auburn, there was no really NIL agreement. It was really slow to the game, getting it developed. And these players are choosing schools based on who can give them the most money, whether it made sense or not for them. So the day Harson's fired, there's this whole report that NIL is kicking off and Auburn's about to flex their muscles in the NIL game. And it's just like, I knew it. I told my guy Chris Harper, I mentioned it to, to my guy Dressed, and like Auburn, they're holding out. Their boosters don't want to see Harson succeed, so why would they help him? So as soon as he's fired, we got these, we got an NIL package in, in place, but we're going to make some noise. And Harson didn't really help himself in certain ways. I mean, they said he didn't hit the recruiting trail like he should have been. It was just uh, kind of the analysts and assistants. I mean, as a head coach, when you come to a brand new part of the country, you got to hit it hard. And 
these high school coaches need to know you. They need to see your face. They need to know who you are, know all about you, because they're are the ones. They're the ones you need to sell on because then they're 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 the the mediators to, to, to kind of bridge that gap for any player you're looking at. You want to get to the player, obviously, but if you can get to the high school coach, if you get to the parents, then that's that's really more the, the battle than anything. So the fact that Harson wasn't really hitting it like he should have been in a brand new part of the the country, uh, you know, it, it kind of that played a huge part in his downfall, also. Yeah, I it, it it's tough, and like I said, I'm not gonna. I'm not reading the message boards and all this stuff, trying to see who's going to be the next guy, what are the percentages. Auburn will be Auburn, and if they don't hire the right guy, uh, I don't see much changing, especially when you keep comparing to what Alabama's doing, what Georgia's doing. Just accept that you're Auburn, and I'm an Auburn guy myself. And and I'm not saying we shouldn't we should accept less, but quit comparing. My pastor Darius Creighton always said, when you compare, you start complaining, and that's where the issue lies. Just be Auburn, traditionally annually a top fifteen program. Go get the right guy, and let's get everything back where it should be on the plains. Care Animal Center is a local business partner at the Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Bunton, Etheridge, and Fowler. You know, this is a game, this game we're about to talk about. No one thought it would mean as much as it's going to mean the implications from this matchup. No one thought about this matchup November 5th, 2022, and as big as it's going to be before the season began. But number one, Georgia, number two, Tennessee, number two, Tennessee, man. Like, that sounds pretty good. You know, like, that, it's been a while since we've had a chance to talk about Tennessee at such a high level. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a game. Number one, Georgia. We know they're defending champions. They lost Nolan Smith, who's out for the year. Recent news, that's that's a big blow for their defense, as we know. Uh but their defense is still really good, a really good running game. Stetson Bennett, you know, I've been hard on him, just like most Georgia fans have. But he has proven he's a national champion. You know, he he's a solid QB. He's not a game changer. He's not still not a game changer. But he makes plays when you need him a lot of times. But, um, you know, when you look at games, you obviously want to compare – Offense, defense, special teams, you go even further and you break it down by positions. And so when you look at the quarterback position, Stetson Bennett, as I mentioned, solid, does what Georgia asked him to do, gets W's. Defense, ride it out. But, man, Hendon Hooker, boy, he's a quarterback. When you see him in the pocket, when you see his release and the accuracy and the touch, the ball placement, this dude's a quarterback, man. Like, 
I was telling my guy Charles Harper, man, like, you know, he's an alum of Tennessee. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was telling him, I think they had played Pitt. And I was like, man, I I, won't, I wish Auburn had Hendon Hooker, man. You know, we going through T.J. Finley and, and Robbie Ashford, and I think Ashford had a chance to be solid to get in time, you know. He has a chance, but, but man, Hendon Hooker is a stud. Like, I like Bryce Young and, 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 and SEC, and I like Will Rogers. But, boy, nobody talked about Hendon Hooker. Even Will Levis is getting top five projections. Hendon Hooker is a stud, man. So that's the difference, really. And in, in I will say that that's kind of what puts Tennessee in the national picture. Solid running game, solid defense. Hell, Kentucky to six points. But it's the quarterback play. In this day and age, you got to have a quarterback who can put up points. You're not winning national championships with Greg, Greg McElroy and, and Jacob Coker and A.J. McCarron. You're not doing that anymore. You need the Bryce Youngs. You know, you need those type of ballers at that position to compete at this such a high level. The Trevor Lawrences, you need those studs. You better put up points to win in this day and age. And that's what we've seen with Tennessee and Hooker. And that's why I knew everybody knew they had a shot to be Bama. But that's where... Because Bryce Young is going to put up points. So you better put up points with him. And Tennessee did just that. So when you look at this matchup, you know, this game is being played in Athens, which is definitely a huge advantage for the Bulldogs. Anytime you play at home, you give them slight, just slight bump there. But, man, if there's any team that's ready for that challenge in the country, I think it's Tennessee. I don't think Ohio State, Clemson, um, even Bama, I'm kind of concerned if they were going to Athens right now. And and you look at it because of the quarterback position. You look at guys like Jalen Hyatt. Man, this dude had, what, six catches against Bama, and five of them were touchdowns. And they just got Cedric Tillman back. So this receiver position for Tennessee, you you, you got to give them the edge as well because nobody from Georgia's receiving core scares you. Not one player from their receiving score scare, uh, receiving core scares you. And the only guy as a receiving threat that does frighten you some is their tight end, Brock Bowers. Uh, and not even Darnell Washington frightens you. He should be more of a force and a threat in an offensive game at tight end, as big as he is, like 6'7", 265, or whatever he is, 270, 80, whatever. But it's the, the those two those two areas. I think Hooker is a game changer, while Bennett is a more of a game manager, slightly better than that, but not still a good game changer quite. And it's the receiver position. You know, that's where the difference lies in this game, and you can kind of see where I'm leaning. I think Tennessee will win. I'm gonna go 34-24. I think Tennessee will win this game, and don't anybody call it an upset because it's not an upset. You got number one and number two, Georgia defending champions. Yeah, but these preseason rankings, y'all fall into that every single year, and you don't know how good a team is. And we know Georgia's really good, really good. Not saying they sh- they shouldn't be number one, but. Just what slow to your, slow your horses down and and take this team, this volunteer team, seriously because uh, this is where it begins for them. If if they win this week against Georgia, hey, all roads lead to the SEC championship in Atlanta, where they'll probably face Bama again more than likely, because they got Georgia, then they got Missouri, they got South Carolina. And then they got Vandy. So uh, this is it. This is it. 
I'm hoping Tennessee pulls it out. It's pretty cool to see them back on the rocky top. And uh, like I said, 34-24, Tennessee gets the W over the Bulldogs. And you'll be looking at a brand-new number one come this weekend. And as I always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot.